under Eisenhower, we had uh, our man in uh, Santo Domingo, Rafael Trujillo, who was running uh, as the, the country as a dictator uh, for a, a number of years. I think he'd been in power more than a decade uh, by the time that Kennedy came to office. But he was a problem for the U.S., especially in light of what happened in Cuba. But even before then, as early as 1958, uh, and this was still under Eisenhower, obviously, the CIA station chief in Dominican Republic, a guy named Lear Reed, uh, and several Dominicans plotted an assassination plot of Trujillo, which uh, which never got off the ground. Um, this is documented in William Blum's Killing Hope. Um, in February 1960, this the National Security uh, Council gave consideration to a program of covert aid to these anti-Trujillo people. And then two months later, Ike approved a contingency plan, which provided in part that if the situation in the country got even worse, quote, the United States would immediately take political action to remove Trujillo from the Dominican Republic as soon as a suitable successor regime can be induced to take over with the assurance of U.S. political, economic, and if necessary, military support. So this guy Trujillo was, uh, I mean, he was so vicious that it was it was a problem. He was seen as somebody whose regime was fragile, sort of like Batista's was in, in Cuba. Um, and he did some other crazy things, like he tried to actually kill the Betancourt in Venezuela. He put a car bomb, uh, I tried to get him with a car bomb and it blew up, but it didn't kill him. And he survives this in June of 1960. And he tells the U.S. Secretary of State, if you don't eliminate him, we will invade. Okay, so this is this is a problem. We've got one kind of right, right-wing-ish, U.S.-friendly guy in Venezuela saying, I'm going to go and invade this this other guy. He's, he's loco. He tried to kill me. Uh, so this is, um, you know, th this is really a, a problem. There's an infamous case with Trujillo where uh, he has this guy basically kidnapped. And this is something that Alan Dulles gets involved in with a, a cover up and so on. I'm probably facilitated in some ways stories told in uh, David Talbot's Devil's Chessboard. But he had this guy, uh, Jesus de Galindez, who was a I believe he was born not in uh, Dominican Republic, maybe in Argentina. But he was at Columbia University and wrote a Ph.D which later becomes this, this book, but it was all about the crimes of the Trujillo administration uh, and what a despot he was. So Trujillo, uh, you know, as any despot would, he has this guy kidnapped and uh, brought to the Dominican Republic and you know, was tortured and killed. And I think even a woman who reports on it later, who's a Dominican, uh, who, who leaks some details of it, she was also murdered by Trujillo's regime. Uh, so he was a really nasty guy. He, so occasionally, he would take some of his political enemies and feed them to sharks at this remote part of, uh, you know, on the island. Uh, he would have guys fed his sharks. So he's kind of like a like a Bond villain or or, or something like that. Um, and this was a problem for the U.S. He was so odious that this was like he was too much for the for the U.S. Now, according to um, the records of the CIA, only three pistols and three carbine rifles were ever given to these anti-Trujillo forces. It's not certain that they were ever used in the assassination, although this is kind of a questionable. Eventually, he is assassinated, okay, on uh, May 30th, 1961. And uh, you can see, uh, well, this is Kennedy talking about it when Kennedy takes office. This is very early in his presidency. But Kennedy's talking about the situation in, in Trujillo, uh, in, in Dominican Republic. 
and once the guy's assassinated, you know, Kennedy says there are three possibilities in descending order of preference, a decent democratic regime, a continuation of the Trujillo regime, or a Castro regime. We ought to aim at the first, but we really can't renounce the second until we are sure we can avoid the third. Oof, that's an awful and, quote. <laughs> it's, it is, but it, and it's, it can be interpreted uh, in, in, in different ways. It can be interpreted as the generic, a generic reading could be like, this is just kind of Yankee, pragmatic Yankee imperialism. You know, they don't want, they don't want a Batista type regime or a Trujillo because it's unstable and might lead to a Castro regime. And that's the only reason they would ever support democracy. Uh, or it could be taken as Kennedy formulating something in a way that would be palatable to these national security people and their general Cold War mindset. Uh, which I think, you know, is something that Kennedy would have to do and something that they do at other points, which will come, will circle back to this. But, you know, this is a, this is a notable quote. Um, so this, this was the position that they were in. What are you going to do with this country? What kind of a regime are you going to put in? Yeah. And I mean, it, it, this history is important because it's not, we're not doing a hagiography of JFK saying that he was perfect and he was a great here, like idol that everyone should emulate. It's more to understand that despite the fact that he had all of these contradictions and was not, de he was not a socialist. He was not a revolutionary. Obviously he was U S president. Despite all of, all of those comments that he made and, and some of the positions he took, he was still assassinated for not being enough of an imperialist, not supporting coups and wars and regime change sufficiently enough. So, I mean, it's, it just goes to show how right wing the U.S. empire is and how even someone like JFK, who is certainly not, you know, what you consider to be, you know, significantly on the left, he's still too left wing for the political establishment. And and, you know, in terms of the Dominican Republic, we know that the CIA was actually interestingly involved in the assassination of Trujillo after the U.S. supported him. So there's this kind of interesting love hate relationship there. It's, you know, similar to Saddam Hussein similar to Noriega and, and Panama. So there are interesting historical echoes there. But so what was the JFK administration's policy in terms of this idea of creating a so-called decent democratic regime in, in the Dominican Republic? Well, he ends up doing something very strange in the history of U.S. foreign policy. Um, he, there's a, there's a, he shot in a car. Basically, Trujillo is gunned down in a car uh, with some people on different sides of him, crossfire, something like this, right, to try to kill him in his car. And um, which is, they also try to get De Gaulle in the same way. And then uh, Kennedy himself gets killed in apparent crossfire in a car. So this is apparently a popular way to kill people around this time. Um, but, and it's a question as to whether it's never been established that the U.S., that, that, that the U.S. Uh, gave, approved this assassination they did try to help these guys earlier and they made planning for it but there's never been anything showing kennedy did this however i did see a video once with fletcher prouty where he was talking about how one of his duties uh, in between the pentagon and the cia was to coordinate uh w weapons and logistics for covert operations including assassinations and then somebody pressed him on this and said like name one name one and he was kind of flustered because he's like didn't want to name it and then finally he just sort of blurts out Trujillo, Trujillo. 
So was was that actually a reference to something that Kennedy had approved, or was he talking about this because the church committee actually acknowledged it, even though they said that, oh, it wasn't, it didn't end up being the ones that killed the president. They sort of soft pedal it just like they do with Lumumba. Who knows? But what is remarkable here and what that what happens and is not really repeated in, in any too many cases that I know, if any, is the US bumps off a right-wing despot and actually puts in a progressive uh, left left wing leader, more or less, he allows him to come to power. A guy named Juan Bosch, uh, who was elected in 1962 with over 60 percent of the vote, and he stays in. He tries to govern along you know progressive lines as much as you can under the conditions that he where he takes office. September 25th, 1963, he is actually ousted. Okay, a right wing military coup, a military and civilian junta takes over. This included a Yale educated millionaire who had been among those charging Juan Bosch with uh, being a, a communist sympathizer. Uh, but JFK does something, you know, pretty amazing here in September, in the fall of 1963. He, uh, within hours of the, of the coup that, that gets rid of this progressive guy, um, he suspends diplomatic relations with Dominican Republic, and he ends all orders all economic aid to be ended. On October 4th, he announced all military and economic assistance personnel were being withdrawn from Dominican Republic. Uh, the news accounts of the time said the decisions were made personally by President Kennedy, who served emphatic notice that the programs would not be readily resumed. This condemnation of the coup was repeated by Venezuela, Mexico, Bolivia, Costa Rica. And by mid-October, this junta was accusing JFK of interfering in Dominican Republic's politics and complaining about the U.S. attitude towards them, the U.S. government's attitude towards them. So this is remarkable because this is a the U.S. really aggressively trying to reverse a right-wing coup. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.